I choose the word of God. He says in Psalm 91 verse 3, Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Do we believe the word of God or not? The word, I just read it. I'm going to read it again because I want you to hear this. Surely, that means for sure, 100%. Let every place of compromise and fear, double-mindedness go right now in the name of Jesus. Surely, he will deliver you from the, from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. A pestilence is the deadly disease that is affecting a community. He's, he said in his word, surely, he will deliver you from the perilous pestilence. Let that sink in for a moment. And under his wings, you shall take refuge. Who do I trust? Look at verse two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him, I will trust. My God in him, I will trust. I will not sit back and be silent as I see believers be mummified and stupefied and, and just like sheep going to the slaughter and say nothing. I am not at this post just to tickle your ears and to try to be uh, politically correct. You know, there is such a thing as righteous anger. And my heart goes out for those that are deceived. Fear has taken them just gripped them mm -mm. you guys we can't hey some of you in this room have already taken it I'm fully aware of that this is not to condemn or to shame you but it is to say this we have to be the church that is walking in greater levels of discernment now God's blood is, is, is bigger and it'll cover you absolutely pray believe God will cover it you go oh my gosh I shouldn't have taken it maybe you have second thoughts now Lord, I thank you for, for forgiving and for, and for removing any, any, anything that's toxic and, and damaging to my body. I trust you. You can trust God for that, you know. You can trust God for that if you've already taken it. It's not hopeless for you. Absolutely not. We trust in God. But what my point here today is, is that we've got to be a church that is willing to stand up for truth. We are the salt and we are the light. The salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. The salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt has characteristics. Salt, some of the characteristics of salt is to preserve. To preserve. The church is to be the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? The church is to be that which is, advances the kingdom of God. But who's listening to the church? That's a sad statement. And the fact that it went so quiet in this room is even more sad. But we can turn that around, guys. And we need to turn it around. Because we're still here. We're still alive. And God has still placed you on this earth to actually be the salt and the light. Not afraid. And one that's willing to walk in discernment because you ask God for the discernment. So we are, we are fasting. And we are praying. And if you want to join us, feel free to join us. But the word of God says, no evil shall befall you and no plague shall come near your dwelling place. Uh, do you believe the word of God? Amen. amen and amen and amen. Let's turn to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give you the praise and the glory. Lord, we love your word. We live by your word. We love your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit's power. I thank you that your word is alive. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Your word is alive and it's penetrating between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And it really does divide. It shows the attitude of the heart. It is dividing. So we need to stand on the word of God and we need to know the word of God and stand on this word day by day and moment by moment. Let's look at Matthew 16, 18. And, and uh, Jesus said, I say unto you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. This, he says, he says, and you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Whose church is it? He says, my church. It is his church. God is building his church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. I don't care how wicked, wicked looks. The gates of hell, the gates of Hades, shall not prevail against the church of God. The true church of God. The church of God that is awakened. The church of God that recognizes that they're not going to take whatever they listen to and take that as truth. They're going to test it by the word of God first. And they're going to make sure that the spirit of God is truly leading them and not fear. And not, and not a bully spirit. And not an intimidating spirit. Right? Yeah. You know, the Bible says narrow is the gate if you find it. Stop trying to be in the majority. Stop trying to stop trying to stop worrying about where where is everyone that believes the way I believe. The circles are getting smaller. But as the circles are getting smaller, God's power is moving more powerfully through you if you are worth your salt. Mhm. Mhm. You know, how is the kingdom advanced? Every person that receives Christ as their Lord and their Savior, right? They add it to the number, but that's not how the kingdom is advanced. The kingdom is advanced as we mature. You're not going to advance anything unless you're standing on the Word of God. You're not going to advance anything unless you know the Word and you know how to use it. The Word is a sword. The Word is the sword. You have to know how to use the sword. If you don't know how to use the sword, you can actually be hurt by the sword. And many have been. Men don't even want to come into the church because they've been hurt by the sword. Beat up over the head with the Bible. There's people that abuse the sword. You tell them about the power of the Holy Spirit and, they say, and they, all they want to tell you is that you're a sinner. There's people that abuse the sword. So we need to be able to rightly divide the word of God by using the sword which makes us mature. The Bible says that you will lack, so that you will lack nothing. So that you will lack nothing. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause right now because there's a spell over some of you. And it's making me mad. There's a spell over some of you. I'm going to have you stand up, please. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, Who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? There is a bewitching that has happened over some of you. You are my responsibility. When you're here, and those that call this their church, you are my responsibility. Yes, you are. 
and I take my responsibility seriously. Father, forgive us. I want you to say, Father, forgive me for any place that I've received the lie. Forgive me for compromise. Forgive me for faulty thinking. Forgive me for putting people's opinions above your word. Forgive me for fear. For walking in fear and doubt. And double-mindedness. Today I choose to let all that go. Today I choose to walk in the abundant life you promised me. Today I choose to walk on fire. Let the spirit of heaviness leave you right now. Let the spirit of, di of discouragement leave you right now. Let the spirit right now of fear leave you right now. Let every compromising spirit leave you right now. Let every word curse that has been spoken over you be broken off of you right now. Let your ears be attuned to the spirit of the living God. Let your eyes see what he has for you today. And let your heart receive the fullness of Christ right now in Jesus' name. Be filled. Be filled with the truth of God's word. Be filled. Be filled. Let every offense leave right now. Let every offense, every offense, every offense. I command offense to leave right now. The spirit of offense to leave right now. Spirit of judgment to leave right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now ask God to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. I'm yours. I choose to do it your way, Lord. Fill me up. Hallelujah. Okay, now you may, you may be seated. So the word says, I will build my church. If Jesus said, I will build my church, does he ever lie? Does he ever make a mistake? Does any one of his word, any one of his words, does it ever fall to the ground? No, he said, I will build my church. The reason that people are caving into the world's ways is because they don't know the word of God. Oh, they may have it memorized. But it's not revelation yet. So when it becomes revelation is when someone can't tell you what you already know from revelation. I don't care what they say. I don't care how many people are against you. I don't care what's coming against you. Conviction tells you. Revelation tells you from the word of God. Truth is truth. And he said in his word, I will build my church. We are the church. Each, each and every one of us. The church. He says, I'm building you up. He says, I'm building you up. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So no assignment from the pit of hell is going to be able to prevail against you. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Either God is true or he is not. And if there's, if there's an area that you go, God wasn't true, then throw the whole thing out. But he is not. He's not a man. That he should lie. He doesn't change his mind. And so the church must be built on this rock. What is this rock? This rock is the word of God. God sent forth his word. God sent forth his word and he healed them of their destructions. God sent forth his word. Jesus is the word. Jesus was sent forth. He was sent forth. The word was sent forth. As the word was sent forth, uh, then everything had to come into alignment with the word, which is Jesus. He's, Jesus said, I will build my church. Not mine, not yours, 
not the church down the street. He said, I will build my church. Do you know that means one church? That means we're to be in unity. That means the church should be in unity. One church, the same mind and heart of God, the church, my church, one church. That's what he is saying. I will build my church. I. Wow. And on this rock, it says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. So the word is the rock. And in Psalm 71, 3, it says, for you are my rock and my fortress. God is your rock and God is your fortress. You know why you need to come to church? One of the reasons other than just being obedient to the word of God, which he already said, forsake not the assembling together. Forsake not the assembling together because we come together as the, and, and we, we lay our life down and we're building our life on the rock, the rock, Jesus Christ. You become encouraged and edified. There's correction when that is necessary as well, but you grow. You become strong. You become mature. You be, you're able to eat the meat and not only drink the milk, right? It's so important that we hear this message here today. Are you a city on a hill? That's what I titled it. So how? I'm going to ask again. How does the church get built? The church gets built not once people get saved, although that is important, and, but those are bodies. Those are bodies. The church, the church gets built when we mature. We have to mature in the word. The church is built when I know how to take the sword and use it. When something is coming against one of mine and I just say, oh no, and I take the word and I use it, the church is built, the church is matured. When I hear something on the news and I said, that's a lie from the pit of hell, I am not going to agree with that. And as a matter of fact, Junior, don't listen to that because that's trash. Be effective. Be influential according to the word, right? So the church grows in maturity when we learn how to use the word of God, using the word, not just knowing the word, right? So now let's look at Matthew 5, Matthew 5 and starting in, thir in 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. So Matthew 5 and then starting with verse 13, because we are called to be the salt of the earth. Like I said, salt it will preserve, right? One of the things, it seasons, it, it, it preserves, that preserving element in salt, right? I want you to think about that. So 513, we're going to read through 16. Are we ready? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. We are not going to be good for nothing Christians. Wow. I'm so serious right now, I can't even tell you. We are not going to be good-for-nothing Christians. But you know the truth of it is, is there are many of them. There are many good-for-nothing Christians. They, they don't stand. They're not worth their salt. Wow. Strong message? You better believe it. We need to hear it. We need to hear it. You guys, we need to hear it. People are dying on our watch. We need to hear it so that we do something about it. We are still here. That means we are still called to do something about it. So if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? 
It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled upon by, underfoot by men. But it says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. We are not to be hidden. We are not to be hidden. You are not to be hidden. Which means you're not to be silent. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we are the salt of the earth, right? So salt is going to preserve the earth from spoiling. I want you to follow here for a moment here. Salt will preserve the earth from spoiling. But the earth is being destroyed right now because Christians have lost their saltiness. Not every, not every Christian, absolutely not. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. If the earth is spoiling because Christians have lost their saltiness, we cannot blame God. You cannot blame God for something that you did. Or the church, the body at large. We cannot blame God. Well, why is this happening? Well, why is this happening? Did you do, did you do what God told you to do? People just go off and do whatever they think they want to do with their emotions or whatever. And they never stopped to verify, Lord, did you ask me to do this? And stop and wait and make sure the Spirit of God has directed you to do this. Because if not, you're in sin, in compromise. I love you too much to not speak up. And let me tell you, the power of God moves in this church mightily. I know that. I know people get healed and they get delivered. There's no doubt. And we've got testimony after testimony after testimony. We believe in the God that moves and works signs and wonders. We believe in the God of miracles. Absolutely. But the greatest miracle of all is a life that is surrendered to Christ. The greatest miracle of all is your heart that is yielded to the Lord. That's the greatest miracle, is a life that can be turned around. Their heart can be turned to Jesus. That's going to walk in the character and in the nature of God because they know God. And they know God because they spend time in the Word, in the Word of God. You know, we have a culture right now that does not value the Bible. They don't. Which is why they say men are women and women are men, and they've got these mixed identities. But the Bible said male and female, he created them. And remember, God does not change, he doesn't lie, and he doesn't make mistakes. So you don't have to go very far to know that whole gender issue, uh, confusion issue, is totally from the pit of hell. Yes. Male and female, he created them. Male and female. Somebody told me just recently, I forgot who it was, but that now on birth certificates, they're going to not put uh, male or female. They're going to have like that other category. You've got to be kidding me right now. Like these are the things that are happening. It's horrific. The fact that we're living in these days is horrific. It's like, what? How do we come here? How do we get so far? One step at a time, people didn't speak up and allowed things to happen. One step at a time, you didn't, we didn't speak up. I say we as general population, you know, I know that there are always people that speak up. But I'm saying the church at large, you guys, wherever, for some of you, this is your church. And for, and for others, you're just here visiting. Well, let me tell you something. It's really important who you listen to. 
what kind of leadership you are under. Because if you're under a leadership that will not stand up and tell you the truth, you're under a deception. If you're under a leadership that wants to play it safe and will not tell you the truth because it may cost them, hey, this is, yeah, it may cost them something, you're under the wrong leadership. Because when was it about the person in the pulpit? Isn't this about leading the flock to Christ? Aren't we supposed to lay our lives down for the Lord? So be very careful who you're listening to. Be very careful what spirit is coming over you. Because it is either of God or it isn't. There's no middle, by the way. There's no middle. So we go, well, it's kind of, they're kind of mostly on, they're kind of off, but not too much. No. Mixture is mixture. We are the salt of the earth. So when the salt loses its saltiness, it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to spoil the, the earth, the ground, and we cannot blame God for that. But the Bible is clear that the word, which is this scripture, is profitable. The word is profitable, and it is inspired by God. Turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and for righteousness. It says all scripture is given by, is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. So you can't just take out that which you don't like. All scripture is given by inspiration for, from God. So he's telling us here that we are the salt of the earth. We have to make a choice to be a salt of the, the salt of the earth and to season the earth by the word. Season the earth by the word, by the word of God. And the church is the light of the whole world. How many of you believe that? You've got to know, like, say, Father, give me the revelation of what she's talking about because I know there's something that, I, I believe that some of you are getting it and some of you are just, just going over your head. But I'm not ready to quit. I'm not ready to quit. As a matter of fact, I'm not a quitter, so you're going to be here for a long time unless you guys get it. Amen. So why doesn't the world look like the light? What, the church. Why doesn't the world look, excuse me, to the light? Jesus said the government, the word says that the government will be upon his shoulders. That's not a mistake. That's not a mistake at all. So why is the church, the world not looking to the church? Because you know what? The church hasn't stood up and actually even shown them anything that they would even want. The church has not stood up and shown the world anything that they would even desire. Because you've got a lot of people in the church that are full of anger and greed and backbiting and judgmentalism and who doesn't get along with who and who, who's fault-finding here and fault-finding there and broken families and divorce and all kinds of things, you know, um, uh, sexual sins in the pulpit and people brushing it under the carpet. Are you kidding me? But it happens. It happens. Oh, well, I know that you're having an affair, but you know what? You can still go ahead and be my drummer. 
because we were really good, because you're so anointed to drum. So I know that there, you know, you're having an affair. You're having an affair, by the way, with a pianist, but you know, don't worry about it because you're so anointed, we're going to keep you both on. Just, just work on it, okay? Oh, gosh, no. I know some people are chuckling, but it's true, though. It is so true. It grieves me. It grieves me because you know what? Remember now, I've got four kids. I raised four children. Before I was in ministry, that, trust me, was ministry. But I mean, before I was in public ministry, I homeschooled and raised four children. Teaching the importance of the word of God. Do you know that every single one of them, and I mean all of them, have come to say thank you? They didn't always say thank you. There was a season. The finger kept on being pointed at me. It's all my fault. But I'll tell you what. When eyes are open to the truth, and what I'm saying here is, you know, guys, not everyone's going to like what you have to say. But if you have the heart of God and you are not willing to back down, if you're willing to be the salt and the light of the, of the world and of the earth, earth, and who cares if people don't like what you have to say? They didn't like what Jesus said either. They persecuted him too. They thought he was too much too. You know how many times I've heard that? Man, you're just too much. You're super spiritual. You're too much. Everything's not a demon, mom. Pretty much it is, but... I see that demon. I command that thing to leave in the name of Jesus. The kids are like. Praise God. Amen. But you know what? It's that same tenacity that says, wow. This person is willing to rescue that person out of the pit. Instead of just like, well, I'm going to turn the other way. I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening there. I'm so afraid for them. I'm not going to. No, you were called to be the, si the salt and the light. So that means you were called to, be, to bring the light and to do something, to actually bring change. So you start with your family, but then it, God's going to move you on elsewhere, other people. He's going to stretch your tent pegs if, he, if you're found faithful. Right? So the more that you show that you actually are doing with what he's given you, the more he can trust you with, right? So the world is accustomed to a lightless church. Like generally, there are some good churches, but the world is accustomed to a lightless church or we would have never been in the, we wouldn't be in the condition that we're in. We wouldn't be in the condition that we're in. Like my goodness, my husband, my son, all of them, you know, having to take these HR classes so that they're all politically correct when they're talking on the phone for their employer, like for their job, right? For what they do for a living. Yeah, all these HR classes, you know, so that they can be politically correct. My goodness. You know, so they have to, they have to listen to that. And some of you know what I'm talking about. They have to listen to it. But then they got to get that junk out. Right? They got to get that junk out. They got to say, no, as for me and my house, this is the house right here, by the way. We are the house. As for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, that, all that was trash. It came from the pit and back to the pit it goes. I'm not going to take that. I'm not retaining that. I know what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, let me open it right now. Let my eyes gaze in. The Bible says, let your eye gate gaze on the word of God. When you let your eye gate gaze on the word of God, it comes on the inside of you. And that's when true change happens. That is when true change happens. Look to Psalm 119, 130. 
The entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of God's word gives light. We are the light of Christ. The entrance of God's word gives light. The more that we allow the word of God to enter us, because it's opened and we're looking at it and we're reading it, the more light we have, the brighter our light will shine, the more effective we'll be. It's kind of simple, but people are too busy with social media and with the news and with talking on the phone with everybody and worrying and worrying and worrying and worrying and oh my gosh and oh my gosh and is this going to go back to normal? What normal? You were never called to normal anyway. You were called to a supernatural lifestyle. So it's about time you step up and step into it, right? Oh, I can see we got my, I got my work cut out for me. It is simple. It's so simple we complicate it. But we're not going to complicate it anymore because the light of Christ is within us. Hallelujah. So if the light is not, remember I said there's a church that is, it's lightless. It, that, it, you can't shine. All you, all you do is, is it's darkness, right? It's just dark. How many of you can say, oh yeah, I know, I know believers. I, can, I know, you know, you look at them and it's just dull. It's just this dullness. You know what I believe? I know this has always happened. This has always been here. This is nothing new. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. But ever since the COVID, ever since that started, there was a major push from the demonic realm, and it hit so many people, even in the church, because they were asleep at the wheel. And the deception started running rampant at that point in time when he had people that were isolated and locked in their homes, and they were so afraid of getting sick. Guess what happened? You came under a spell. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Galatians chapter 3. Who's bewitched you? Right? And so people came under a spell, and I know it. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to believe me. You don't even have to like what I have to say. I know that I know that I know what happened. God was actually previous with me and told me before it, was ha before it happened. He told me exactly what was going to happen. It came to pass. And we stood. We stood. Thank you, Jesus. Not in our own strength. Because of Christ in us, absolutely, because he gave us that revelation. But it was hard, very hard, though, to watch. It was very hard to watch so many of the body of Christ just being deceived. And loved ones just being deceived. So full of fear. So full of fear. It, you know, the enemy doesn't just stop when he fills you with fear. He keeps going. He keeps going. You know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of fear, panic, nightmares, you know. And then they're getting sick and they're going, oh, my gosh. You know, you know they're murmuring and grumbling. They've lost all hope. They've lost hope. There's no joy. People, you know, committing suicide because they're so depressed. Now, you guys know because you, you, under, you remember. So what I'm saying is where we are at right now didn't just happen now. We know it didn't start there. But I've, I'm saying that that was a major push into the deception that we see today. Let's move them all out of the way. Let them not congregate. Now, we still congregated. We didn't buy into that lie. We did not miss not one service. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to give God glory. I say that to give God glory. We never once closed our doors. Thank you, Jesus. But here's what happened. Move them out of the... Have them stop congregating. So that the wicked... Can everybody please pay attention? Because this is really important. So that the wicked agenda to bring deception into their very homes 
can come to pass so that we could move them out of the way. Don't you know one of the tactics of the enemy is to discourage, not to discourage, it's to, it's to distract. It's to distract you, get you out of the way so that he can work over here. And while the church was sleeping and the enemy was having a heyday, so many things were happening. You know, we stood, we prayed, we fasted. Other churches did too. Stood, prayed, fasted. But you cannot violate somebody's will. You cannot violate somebody's will. That's why the most important thing that you can do as a Christian is surrender your will daily to the Lord. Don't let there be any deception. May the spirit of the living God increase in discernment over each and every one of you. May you really hear and understand the, the, the depth of this message and actually grow as a mature believer in Christ that is worth their salt, that is the true light of the world. That doesn't only listen to messages that are going to tell you how good you are and how good God is. Absolutely, he is good and he's, he will never deny his name. God is good. He's a faithful father. God loves you no matter what. But when there is some lack in your life, you can't blame God. You've got to look at yourself. And you've got to recognize you partnered with the devil somewhere along the line. Maybe it wasn't yesterday. Maybe it was 10 years ago. But you still partnered with the devil somewhere along the line. And so you're reaping now what you had sown before. But God always gives us second chances. But we have, to be re we have to recognize what's going on and say, wow, I kind of took the bait. I'm going to wrap this up here. I kind of took the bait. There was some, some deception that I, I think I fell into. You know, I kind of feel despondent over these past, you know, months, year, year and a half. You know, I kind of feel despondent. I don't feel the same. I've lost my joy. I've lost my edge. I don't know what happened to me. I just told you what happened to you. That is what happened to you. It's a demonic spirit. The enemy doesn't want to just stop right there. We know that. But see, the, the passion that you see in me is because I see it, but I'm not willing to turn a blind eye. I want to help you out of that pit. I want to help you recognize the deception so that you can recognize God is for you, but it's time to get up and do it right. It's time to stand up and do it right. It's time to stand up and be the salt. It is time to stand up and be the light. It is time to stand up and walk the supernatural life that God called you to walk in. Why are you so worried about a virus? Did you ever go and get, did, you know, what about the flu? Yeah, no more flu. What about the common cold? Here's the thing. I believe that when we, God is the healer, like we were starting this, this service today, and I said, God wants, he's the healer. It is his will to heal. It is always his will to heal. It is never if it be the Lord's will. Let me tell you something. People get that scripture because there's one place in the Bible where the, where the leper went and said, you know, Lord, if it be your will. That was one place in the Bible where he said, if, there, if it be your will. What did Jesus say? He said, it is my will. He said, be healed, be cleansed. He said it. He answered it. He said, it is my will. Okay, I'm going to turn there, and, and it's in Matthew. I think it's in Matthew. Somebody maybe can look it up, because I don't have it written down here, I don't think. 
Okay. Thank you, Lord. Where in Matthew 8? Oh, there it is. Okay. Verse 2. A leper came and worshipped him. Worship Jesus. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And so people take that and they go, see if it be the Lord's will. That's the only place in Scripture that it ever said, if it be your will. But clearly we see right after that the will of God. What's the point here? That leper didn't know the will of God. He just didn't know the will of God, period. But when you do know the will of God in an area of life, you're going to be able to stand in faith. And only faith pleases God. And so he says in verse 3, Jesus put out his hand and touched him. And he said, I am willing. I am willing. He, he answered the question. I am willing. And he said, be cleansed. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately. So I say this because this. I want us to be a church that's on fire because we hear the word, live by the word, we walk by the spirit, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to salvation to all that believe. It is the power. The power means dunamis power for miracles. But you can't just walk in miracles without being grounded in the word. And so we need to have both. And if you have both, then you're going to actually go out and be the salt of the earth. You're going to be the salt. You're going to be the light of the world.